the right one. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. Paul saw his duty was not only to use his hands to provide for himself, but to provide for the others that are with me. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord. It is more blessed to give than receive. Paul's saying, I've not only told you, but I've showed you that your job is to provide with your hands and then to provide for others. It's more blessed to give than receive. Now, if you have a hard time with that, raise your hands if you'd like to be in a position to bless someone. Now, raise your hands if you'd like to be in a position where you needed to receive from someone. (laughs) I don't want to be in that position where I've got to receive. I want to be in a position where I'm able to bless. And if I have a choice between the two, I'll definitely take the blessing. Okay, you're out. You're, You're free. God's forgiven you. You see why it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? Because who wants to be in a position where they have to receive? As opposed to being in a position where they, where they can bless. Now, here's something so cool. Look at Ephesians 4, 28. You don't have to turn to it. I always hate turning to stuff when I'm down there. When I'm out on the circuit preaching, I don't mind doing it. Okay, Ephesians 4, 28. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the things which is good that he might have to them who are in need. See, we would think that scripture would end that he might have, because that's what we do. That's what we think. We work, we have. But the purpose of work, according to Acts and according to Ephesians, is that we would work with our hands so that we would have to give to those that are in need. That's the purpose of it. It was never designing. You know, those are things that we have in our American civilization, like retirement. You can't find anybody who retired in the Bible. They just work till they died. Retirement's not in the Bible. God never finishes using you. It's all the way through. And the mentality we have that we work and what we work for is ours and we've earned it. We have a right to it. But it's God because you wouldn't even be working at the job you have if it wasn't for God providing it. And if you're self-employed, you wouldn't have any business unless God brought it in. It is not that we give to get. Okay, that mentality is preached. But if you think about it, when you give to get, that makes you God because you're starting it. It all begins with you. We get, we've gotten, therefore we give. That means it starts with God. God has already given everybody in this room. So you can flip it. And because you've already got, now you give. Here's another way the book puts it. I don't give in order to get. I get in order to give. Why isn't that a neat flip on it? Kills the prosperity message for the purpose and the motives of the prosperity message. Prosperity message is good. God wants us to have a good journey. God wants us to have more than what we just need. But we don't give for the purpose of getting. We get for the purpose of giving. The last one is touch, and that means love. And that's simply showing someone that you love them. That means sitting down and listening to somebody gripe when they need an ear or listen to somebody cry when they need a shoulder. It means thinking about somebody on Father's Day who just lost their father this year and giving them a call because you know they're going through a hard time today. It means the other day, um, uh, what was I thinking of? I just lost my train of thought. Whatever it is. It just means going out in love 
and doing things and making yourself available and doing it all in love. You know, we went to a concert yesterday, and uh, it was Silverado. Who was it there? Sylvia. Who, who was it? Jen. Who, who did we go see? Salvador. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Okay. And they were okay. And then For Him came on after them, and they were okay. And then Nicole C. Mullen came on, and she was awesome. And then uh, Jars of Clay came on, and they were okay. Now, they had a whole lot more hit songs than Nicole had. But the thing is, is Nicole was the only one up there that was doing what she was doing really in the name of the Lord. She wasn't up there to entertain in a concert. She was ministering to the Lord. The Lord was all over it. I mean, there, were, there was an anointing on what she did. Now, she did the same thing everybody else did, but she did it to bring glory to the Lord. You can go out and do a whole bunch of good things, giving you your time, talent, treasure, and touch. But if you don't do it in the name of the Lord, it just, you know, it dies right there. It has no lasting effect. It has no, it doesn't, you know, remember the pay it forward movie? I thought that was kind of a dumb movie. But that, just that, 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 that mentality, it just doesn't have a life of its own where it, where it keeps going on. When we look at time, talent, treasure, and touch, and we see them as gifts, given to us by God for the purpose of giving away, just like any other spiritual gift that we have no problem thinking of that way, okay, it'll change our hearts. And that's what we have to have. Now, the book did a neat thing. It started out with H, He, God, owns it all. E, every day is an opportunity. A, act on the need that you see. R, remember your blessings. And T, thank Him for them. Heart, a change of heart. Now, that's... Oh, I have one other thing. The Lord gave me this after I'd written it. I penciled it in. Everybody knows about the alabaster box in the Bible? Do you know why that box is in the Bible? It's not in there because it was a neat-looking box. It's not in there because the perfume smelled so good. It's not in there because of how costly it was. It only made the histories of time to be recorded for every generation because it was broken and poured out. And so, do you want to be successful, or do you want to be significant? Let me let me just do one more thing. There's something in here about where it shows the the difference between the two. Let me find. I wasn't planning on putting here, but there's a difference. Let me just put this. In. Sorry for those listening on tape. There it is. Success, wealth, significance. Generosity, success, achievement, personal achievement, significance, service, success, status, significance, relationships. The success-motivated person tends to measure his or her life in terms of money, power, status, and achievement, and recognition. The significant person places emphasis on a more spiritual view of life, generosity, empowerment of others, service, building up others, and helping them develop their relationships. You can either be a called person or a driven person. When you're driven, everything is about what you're going to gain. When you're called, everything is about how it can flow out of you. So if you really take this to heart and you really do it, and I encourage my life group to begin by having a daily journal of what God used you for. And actually, every day, right, God used me to give away my time this day. He used me to give away my time and talent this day. He used me to give away my treasure this day. He's going to give away my touch this day. And actually keep a journal. And after a while, you won't need to keep a journal anymore. But a journal just helps you to remember to be looking every day. And if you'll do this, 
Like I said before, it just won't be something you do. It'll become someone you are. And then, when God opens his daytimer one day and says, Oh, look, there's Matt. It's his appointment. He won't have anything to regret. See, because in the parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew 25, it's what they did and didn't do. Amen.